0: How much do genetics play a role in your physique? This is an age-old question that can be answered in an interesting way with body type theory. Mm, a controversial topic that we are diving into today, my friends. Welcome back to the Fit Feed By Read podcast, my friends. Today we are talking about body type theory. Maybe you've heard about ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. That is exactly body type theory. So we're going to talk about where it all started, things for you to consider before you would put any of this advice into practice, and we're going to dive into the specifics of each body type, nutrition, and exercise protocols that can potentially serve each body type best. You are listening to the health and fitness podcast for the female millennial. Step off the roller coaster of yo-yo diet and fitness trends with sustainable solutions to make positive habit change. Learn to stress less, eat smart, and move more with me, Coach Reed, and the fit-for-life-minded guests I bring onto the show. We'll tackle one diet myth at a time, give you tactical ways to make change in your life, and deliver it all with a lighthearted quirk that you just can't stop listening to. As I like to say, it's an educational audio treat Better said like a lollipop for your ears. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Fit Feed by Read Podcast. Today, we are talking about how our genetic predisposition impacts our body type. We're going to be specifically talking about body type theory today. This is something that is quite controversial within hmm. the health and fitness space, as you know, nearly every topic is, it seems. There's research that supports it. There's research that doesn't support it. There's people that have all their own anecdotal stories and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, over the many years of coaching that I've done, about a decade now, I really have seen uh, this body type theory apply in many instances with clients, with friends, with family, those sorts of things. So I want to dive into this because I think there's some interesting points to be considered here. If you're like, what in the world even is body type theory? This might ring a bell for you if you've ever heard the terminology of ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. Those are kind of the three main body types that they talk about within this theory. We'll cover everything from you know, kind of where this all started, who even came up with this theory, what's the history behind it. We're going to talk about a number of things to consider before you even worry about applying any of this in your life to understand, hey, is this even, is it even worth my time to consider making adjustments to my lifestyle with this new information? And then we will, of course, dive into the differences between the three different body types and some things to consider implementing if you have some clarity on where you kind of might fall on that body type spectrum. So let's dive right on in, shall we? We shall. Let's start with where this all started. I think this is interesting to back up and be like, who even came up with this? So it was an American psychologist. His name is William Herbert Sheldon. He developed body type theory, also known as soma type theory, Uh, means one and the same thing. And he developed this theory in the 1940s. So this is really fascinating. I (laughs) didn't even know this, you guys, before I did a little bit of research for this episode. I've I've known about body types for, goodness, seven, eight years now, pretty early on in my coaching career, I learned about this concept and was kind of like, hmm, I'm going to just observe and see if that makes sense in practice. And I didn't know this history. So this was fascinating for me. I think it will be for you too. So according to Sheldon, back in the 1940s, when he developed this theory, he actually developed a theory that associated body type with human temperament. Remember that he was a psychologist. So his kind of initial assessment of the various body types was that there was the slim ectomorphs. We'll dive into this in a moment, by the way the muscular mesomorphs and smooth endomorphs. This is in terminology off of a uh, website that I pulled that kind of explained his methodology. And in his view, he said that endomorphs are relaxed and sociable, mesomorphs are active and assertive, and ectomorphs are more quiet and restrained. Huh. (laughs) Interesting. So not particularly shockingly, the connection between body type and personality trait has been fully, fully debunked at this point, which is shouldn't shouldn't come as any sort of a shocker to you, because it's crazy to think that the way that someone's physique appears would have any effect on their characteristics. So that has been fully debunked. But that being said, the body types that he determined, the endomorph, mesomorph, and ectomorph... That has That is the piece of body type theory that has sustained beyond the debunking of, of the personality typing. So I wanted to share that with you because I thought it was kind of interesting and almost kind of, I don't know, humorous is the wrong word, but kind of crazy to think that there was that connection drawn. Uh, but that's been fully debunked. We're just looking now at the body type theory. So how does our nutrition and our exercise choices play into the various body types that exist. Up next, I want to talk about things to consider before I jump into any specifics around ectomorph, mesomorph, or endomorph. I want to talk about this. I think this information can be very helpful in understanding to some degree what maybe your genetic baseline is. But we want to, of course, remember that lifestyle factors have the greatest impact of all. So no matter what our genetic tendencies are, our lifestyle factors play the biggest role in outcome. You know, I've heard this described in many different ways, but you can even think of it this way. Like if you were to look at a switchboard or a even just a light switch, that's the simplest example, to say, hey, basically the light switch is wired in a specific way. That would be your genetic predisposition. But there's all different sorts of things in our life where we either turn the light switch on or we turn it off. So our various lifestyle factors basically determine which light switches are turned on. So which things actually show up, appear, appear. Are you know, become true within our lives and in our bodies and which things remain off. And so that is definitely worth keeping in mind here as I'm jumping into some of this stuff. I think it's also helpful to think about that concept of, you know, sometimes we look at someone's body or physique and we say, oh gosh, I really wish I had shoulders like she did or I really wish I had a waistline like she did or whatever it is. And first of all, I want to, of course, encourage you to avoid the comparison game but if you feel like you've already run down that rabbit hole or if you've experienced that looking at a magazine cover whatever it is, it's helpful to be reminded that we do have a certain level of pr- genetic predisposition. It's no different than we look at Olympic athletes. And of course, there's insane amounts, crazy wild amounts of work that is put in to get to any sort of of you know, world-class athletic competency. There also are certain genetic things that are valuable in various sports or whatever it may be, right? You think about the wingspan of Michael Phelps, valuable in his swimming. Not very frequent that you see someone who's five foot four playing basketball, right? We think about all these different things. Some things are genetically given and there's kind of this baseline of how can I do the best that I can with what God has already given me? That's what I definitely want you to keep in mind as we're thinking through things here. So before we talk about the specific body types. I want to remind you guys that the basics of good lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, and stress management are key. I would really encourage that these things that I'm about to list off are in place way before you even bother worrying about body type theory. So this is everything from, hey, do I have plans and approaches in place to manage stress levels? Am I, if you're a a woman of faith, do you create space to spend time with God? If you're someone who really finds benefit in just spending time in nature and going on walks, are you creating space for that? Are you in a job where you feel like you have some level and ability, even if it's just a bit, to control some of the stress that comes in, right? Where do I need to set boundaries in my life? We could riff on that for days, but am I able to manage stress levels to some degree within my life? Am I getting enough sleep? This is huge. Am I hydrating enough? Check out my last episode. I'll link it in the description of this podcast. Seven ways to increase your hydration for weight loss, better brain function, and more. Are there things there you need to put into place? New tactics to employ. Are you tuning into your hunger cues and decreasing distractions when eating? Thinking about the how versus just the what of nutrition? I have a really popular episode on this called Forget Keto and Paleo. This is the diet trick you need this new year. So I'll link that as well. We're thinking about, hey, are you eating mostly whole, unprocessed foods? Are you staying active throughout the day? Maybe if you have a more sedentary job, are you using a standing desk? Are you taking stretch breaks? Whatever that looks like for you. Are you exercising on a regular basis? Ideally, that's some combination of strength, cardio and flexibility training. But are you on a regular exercise regimen? You're enjoying what you're doing. So think about all these various things. These are the elements, the you know the big strong layers of my pyramid, if you've heard me talk about the habit pyramid before, that I love to coach clients off of. And it's helping you to understand where do I need to prioritize change and how do I just think about these, these fundamental core things before I worry about the specifics of body type theory or before you are to run down the rabbit hole of exactly what does my macro split need to be. Are the basics already in place? And if the answer is yes, and you still feel like you're intrigued to make some changes, optimize your health or your physique or whatever it may be, then potentially some of this information I'm about to share could be of interest to you. So let's jump in, my friends. We're going to start by talking about the ectomorph body type. I guess before I even dive into the specifics of this body type, I do want to mention that this is definitely a spectrum. So the three main types are ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph, but there are plenty of people who fall between, somewhere between these different body types. So you might be an ecto-meso or a meso-endo, those sorts of things. And once again, knowing, always reminding ourselves that even as I dive into some of the specifics here, most importantly, where are your kind of basic lifestyle factors at? Are you managing those things well? And Hopefully this helps to give you a bit of kind of that, more even more importantly, that overlay of, hey, you know, I do have a God-given body and certain things that I can't change, right? I can't change the fact that I'm five foot nine. That is just a the fact of the matter. <laughs> and so how can we look at certain things, maybe even within our physique, similar to the way that we would look at things like our height to understand uh, what we can optimize and what are things that we just need to come to peace with and be okay with. So the ectomorph body type, I'm going to talk to you guys both about the nutrition and the exercise side of things that we, that we look at in terms of this body type theory. From the nutrition side of things, someone who is an ectomorph tends to do better with higher carb, moderate protein, lower fat. Not shockingly, as I start jumping into this. You're going to probably be like, hmm, well, what does this body type look like? I should have mentioned this. So let's do it now. This is the leaner, faster metabolism sort of body. This is the sort of body that struggles to put on muscle. And this is the sort of body that also doesn't tend to put on a ton of fat. So when we think about the higher carb, moderate protein, lower fat, we're looking at an approximate macro split of maybe 60% carbohydrates, maybe about 25% protein, and maybe about 15% fat, of course, with some variance there. Higher carb really is anything above about 55 to 60%. Generally speaking, moderate protein is going to fall in that like 20 to 30% range, and low fat would be something that's about less than 20% of total calories, so essentially, think of it this way. If you're an ectomorph, if you're like, oh, yeah, I fall in the category of thinner, leaner, my, my metabolism is quick. This would be the type of person that we would say, don't go keto. I'm not pro-keto really for anyone, especially for when it comes to females. I only coach women. So for men, different story. But when it comes to women, I'm not pro-keto really for any women, given what it can do hormonally. Uh, once again, there can be different varying insinuating circumstances where it makes sense uh, for various conditions. But generally speaking, keto is not something that I tend to put clients on from a diet perspective. But especially when we look at someone like an ectomorph, where they do best with higher carb, moderate protein, lower fat, keto would be kind of the, it's kind of the opposite of keto, shall we say. (laughs) From an exercise perspective, this, as I mentioned, is someone who oftentimes struggles to put on muscle and also doesn't tend to put on a lot of fat. If we're to think about the look of this body type, we're thinking about like, think about an Olympic long distance runner. What does an Olympic runner look like? Decent chance (laughs) they're an ectomorph. Highly probable. Very probable. 99.9% probable. (laughs) So this body type oftentimes tends to lean more towards cardio-centric activities because you find more success with it. That's normal, natural, kind of how your body's built. The key thing for this body type is there is the potential to put on muscle, right? So don't be discouraged by that. And don't forget to strength train. That's key. Don't forget to strength train from an exercise perspective. From a nutrition perspective, do lean a little bit more towards carbohydrates, making sure they're high quality, complex carbohydrates, whole grains, fruits, those sorts of things, starchy vegetables. And consider kind of uh, being a little bit more intentional with watching your fat intake and then getting in moderate protein. Uh, as you are looking at your overall approach to nutrition. Up next, we're going to talk about mesomorphs. Once again, remembering this is a spectrum, so someone can very well be like an ecto sort of body type. A mesomorph, let's start by talking about what this body type kind of looks like. Think of, if you were to think about the Olympics, once again, to go back to that, think of someone who is a gymnast or a sprinter, where the body is on the leaner side, but holds a pretty fair amount of muscle. So, this sort of person from a nutrition perspective oftentimes does best with moderate carb, so anywhere around 40 ish percent, moderate protein, once again, that kind of 20 to 30 percent range, about and moderate fat, which might be around the 30 percent mark. So, if any of you guys have ever dug into nutrition and macronutrient splits, and you've done some internet research shall we say? The 40-30-30 is a very common recommendation for people just to start for a baseline. If someone's trying to start tracking macros and they're like, hmm, let's observe and just see where I'm at. 40% carb, 30% protein, and 30% fat is a really good approach to start. And then from there, we can kind of start to figure out, hey, where do we maybe want to make tweaks uh, given someone's, you know, energy, their exercise level, uh, their body type, what's getting results, all those sorts of things. So this might be about the 40-30-30 split. From an exercise perspective, this is the person who definitely is able to put on muscle. They also are able to put on fat, but this person generally finds that their their fat and muscle is, they they can do the work they need to do to manipulate it as they need, right? So this is kind of the more athletic build. We could say, I think a big thing to think about here is making sure you're balancing your training so you're getting in strength and cardiovascular conditioning. And I always like to remind people, don't forget to be creating time for flexibility and mobility training. That's a reminder that quite frankly is needed for every body type. That is the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of tip that I find across the board. Even if you're someone who was like, screw this whole body typing thing and you're already, you know, however many minutes into this podcast, which is totally okay if you feel that way even if you fall in that category don't forget to do mobility and flexibility training okay (laughs) because uh your body will thank you later down the road in keeping you less injury prone keeping you more mobile just to do the things you want to do and and allowing you to get the most out of any given exercise that you're doing i always like to remind people on a very random side tangent that if you are mobile let's take the squat for example if you are mobile through the hips and you have the ability to get to full depth on the squat so you get your hips past that 90 degree bend in the knee you get your hips past parallel just past that's going to get you the best activation through your glutes so if you're working on doing squats because you're saying hey i want to build a stronger or maybe you're looking at the physique side you're like i want to a a bigger booty, whatever it is, if you get a full depth on your squat, you're going to get more benefit from the movement. Now, in order to get full depth in the squat, you have to have hips and ankles that allow you to do so, right? So those are helpful things to keep in mind. Mobility is going to benefit you across the board, no matter what body type you are, and no matter if you even believe in this body type thing. (laughs) Up next, let's talk about endomorphs. So endomorphs would be the body type that tends to hold on to a fair amount of both muscle and fat. Think about the strength athlete. Think about the person who is a power lifter, who is an Olympic lifter, people that can just move heavy loads. Uh, This is the sort of body type that tends to be very, very capable in terms of, sometimes even without trying, people that fall in this category find, wow, I'm actually much stronger than I thought I was even if you haven't been doing strength training for a while. This body type will oftentimes find that they are very, very empowered by strength training. So if you haven't been doing strength, I mean, I think this... I think that truth applies to really all women, but especially this body type. I've seen this in really cool ways with clients before where I've had, you know, a gal come in that I started working with and I was like, hey, you know, we're going to start doing some really fun and challenging and heavy weightlifting uh, once they were built up to the place where they were moving the right way and were mobile enough for that. And it can be incredibly empowering because this body type has the capability to move a pretty decent amount of weight. Now, from an exercise perspective, I would remind you, hey, don't forget to incorporate cardio, right? There's there's benefit to having both strength training, cardiovascular conditioning, and mobility flexibility training in any given program. Probably not going to shock you guys. I know I've mentioned this in podcasts before, but if I had to pick between cardio and strength training, I would pick strength training. This <gasps> applies for all body types, just because of the benefits that it has uh, across the board for us physically. From a hormonal perspective, uh, from a performance perspective, you know, there is very much such a thing as using weights in a circuit style to even get our heart rate up and get a little bit of cardiovascular benefit. So this body type doesn't tend to forget about the weights. But if you have space in your programming to incorporate some cardio as well, I would highly encourage. This body type tends to do better from a nutrition perspective with lower carbohydrate, moderate protein, and higher fat. This is the body type that tends to find that keto works, if it even does. <laughs> um, I would say endomorphic men are oftentimes the, or mesoendomen men, are oftentimes the kind of like quintessential candidate for, for, for a keto diet. Once again, for women hormonally, I do not recommend keto. But this kind of general prescription from a nutrition perspective uh, will give you an idea of, of what what your macros might look like. Once again, this is not a ketosis prescribed uh, nutrition protocol here. Lower carb is going to be like less than 20% of your total carbohydrate, less than 20% of your total caloric intake, I should say. Moderate protein, once again, that like 20 to 30% range, and higher fat is going to be about 60% or more. So basically, this is a flip-flopped model from what we heard in the ectomorph category. So maybe you'd be at about 15% carb, 25% protein, 60% fat. Know this: I've mentioned keto a couple times, so I do want to clarify. depends on depends on the individual. But in order to be in ketosis, for most people, they have to be sub about thirty to fifty grams of carbs per day. And there's ways to, you know, check your uh, ketone levels in your blood to understand if you really are in ketosis or are not. So when I say lower carb here, I'm not saying drop your carbs so low (laughs) that you go into ketosis. I'm saying keep your carbs lower without going into ketosis. So depending on how many calories you're consuming in the overall span of any given day, maybe you're consuming somewhere between 75 and 100 grams of carbs in any given day, but that is still lower carb. So hopefully this is helpful information, my friends. I do want to go, once again, overlay that piece of information I shared in the beginning that this helps to give you some understanding of, hey, what might be my kind of approximate genetic predisposition but I know that my lifestyle factors have the greatest impact of all. So make sure that you've got some of those baselines covered before you start even thinking about implementing any of this information. But maybe you're someone who's like, hey, my baselines seem pretty covered. And I've actually, uh, based on the things you just told me, Reed, identified I'm probably kind of an ectomesomorph. And I've actually been cutting my carbs really low and getting really poor results. So maybe this information for you is like, hmm. Maybe I should see what happens if I bumped my carbohydrate intake up just a little bit and dropped my fats down a little bit, kept that moderate protein intake, and see what happens. Allow this to be an opportunity for you to kind of experiment and apply this information where it might be appropriate. So let's recap, my friends. Where this all started. Mr. William Sherbert Sheldon in the 1940s, we talked a little bit about that kind of crazy theory he had about how body type affected human temperament type, which has been fully debunked at this point. But the body types that he came up with are still the body types that we speak to when it comes to nutrition and fitness protocols. Talked about all sorts of things to consider, your genetic baseline, how do your lifestyle factors play into that. Check out a couple of those episodes that I will link in the show notes around hydration and around kind of the how of nutrition and where, how that might play in in addition to the what of nutrition. So what you're eating versus how you're going about eating. And think about those baselines before you start worrying about making shifts or changes within your macro balance or your exercise approach. But if you're someone who thinks this really could be applied, take the information. We talked about ectomorphs, mesomorphs, and endomorphs. We know this is a sliding scale. So you might fall somewhere in between uh, two of th- you know, three of these different body types. You might fall between two of them. In which case, take the information from both and kind of apply accordingly as you're thinking about maybe your macronutrient split, thinking about how you're approaching your workouts, all those sorts of things. The key takeaway, my friends, is this. And I know I've mentioned this a couple times now. If you've got those baselines covered, start by checking in on, are my baselines covered for stress, for sleep, hydration, nutrition, activity, and exercise? If you're at that point where you're like, you know what, I'm in a pretty good place and I'm excited and interested in trying the next thing to see if I can drive some more results for my performance or for my my physique, then do consider, maybe you make some adjustments to your macro balance, maybe you make some adjustments to your workout protocol, And shift things around a little bit to see if it helps to drive some results for you guys. I think it's interesting to talk about these sorts of topics because there can be a lot of controversy on the internet of like, is this real? Is this true? Does this apply? And I think truly and honestly, this is something that I personally in my own coaching experience after a decade of coaching have seen, definitely seen some of these principles in practice in many ways. And so I think there's validity to considering some of these approaches once again, we are all individuals and so we can't ever blanket statement anything and say, hey, this is for sure the way you have to do this. This is going to get your results because I don't know your specific hormonal profile, maybe some of the things that you might be going through in your life uh, that could affect your various wellness factors, but it is worth considering and hopefully this is helpful information for you guys. As you guys know, if you ever have questions, thoughts, topics, things you want me to discuss in the podcast, I always love to hear about it on the good old socials good old social media at fitfeedbyread or you can find me on my website fitfeedbyread.com and reach out to me with anything that you would love to hear or learn more about on the podcast. That is what I have for you my friends. We will chat oh so soon. Thank you for tuning into the Fit Feed by Read podcast. If this had a positive impact on you, I'd be so honored to have you share it with a fellow female millennial. Send it through text message or post it on your Instagram story, tagging me at Fit Feed by Read. I hope you guys have a stellar week ahead of building healthy habits. And don't forget, God loves you.